Welcome to the Alcohol Rethink Podcast with me, your host, Patrick Fox. This podcast is for the guys out there who question the role that alcohol plays in their lives, men who want to stop drinking and don't know where to go or how to start. We're going to cover all of that and more. Let's go. Hi guys and welcome to episode 34 of the Alcohol Rethink podcast. Today I've got a guy that I've invited on specially. He had been listening to the podcast and reached out to me a few months ago. So I've kind of been following his journey since then and I'm really excited to have him on and have him share with you how this podcast has helped him. So his name's Andy, Andy Booker. Welcome to the show, dude. Thank you, mate. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for having me on, and thanks for creating your podcast as well. Yeah, nice one. I, uh, still gives me goosebumps when people say that to me, man. Like I, I put a post out last week, actually, uh, about how many people across the globe are listening to this podcast, and it yeah, just absolutely it. blows my mind, man. It's just, and then that was just the top of the list, right? There's all the one percenters in just crazy places, like on the other side of the planet, and. Yeah, it's really incredible and it's great to see that this podcast can have the impact that I wanted it to, Yeah, I mean, it's, which it's is why good, you're here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a good tool and uh, you, you make it um, plain and simple. I think that's the thing. There's no old bar, plain and simple, something you can connect with. That, I certainly resonated with your story personally. So as a, you know, as a, as a male and a, and a father and that kind of thing, bit, you know, waking up rough and not wanting yeah. to uh, play with kids that kind of thing exactly so. and 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 that's just it man it's like we are not the only two guys out there in the world who had having this experience like there's plenty of us and we are not alone we don't have to feel like we're alone so whether it's listening to this podcast being involved in uh, the instagram or facebook communities or work with me like whatever it is like you're not alone i just really want to reiterate that so on that point andy you were saying around your kind of reasons. I know your reasons. I think it's going to be important for you to share it with the audience as well. Is what has been your journey? Tell us about it. In terms of starting a drinking career as such, I've tried to think about this when I knew I was going to do the podcast. I'm thinking, when did I start drinking? When did I actually start drinking? And I can't put I can't put a time on it. I think it was just a thing that's happened gradually, and I'm mm. the kind of person that's. Um, I was a bit like you. I've got to the point where I'm just throwing as much alcohol back as I can. But like you said, first at the bar, last one to leave. Yep, I'm yep. drinking four pints before anyone else. Um, so I can't really put a reason on why I started drinking, or um, I think it just started for me like as you know a young young. 20-year-old or something like that, uh, sat playing Call of Duty with a few beers. Then I go and get a few more beers and a few more beers. And it sort of spiraled out of control until probably the last five years. Where I've, It's probably the last five years where I've really thought to myself, you need to cut down, you need to stop. And it's when I realised that I couldn't, basically. Um, and... Uh, like I say, it's been in the last the last year really when you hit the rock bottom, and there's been no real rock bottom for me um, as such. I'm you know I'm not sleeping in a gutter. I've not lost my job. I've not lost my home or my family. Um, but I just knew 
this was it. I had to stop. There were some things that happened in my life that were a bit of a wake-up call for me. I mean, one more having my daughter for, you know, for the first year of her life, I was still drinking heavy. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's kind of, that's why I needed to stop. I had a daughter. Well, you need to stop your health, don't you? <laughs> you need, there's, there's many, many, many reasons. Stop. <laughs> many reasons to stop. But yeah, one of the main, one of the main ones for me, um, like I said, the big flashing light was my daughter that told me I needed to stop. So, Yeah, and I actually remember the, there was a there was a specific thing that happened that was that catalyst for change for you. Do you want to share what that was? Yeah, to be honest with you, there's a few specific things, but the, the main one was um, I was cooking a dinner in the kitchen and I just cracked another beer and um, and uh, my daughter was in the living room and she heard me crack the beer and she was like, oh, daddy's here, daddy's here, daddy, daddy, daddy. And she came running in and she sort of made that connection between me cracking a beer yeah. And, um, and uh, you know, me, me being home at home sort of thing. And they just broke my heart. It really, mm. really broke my heart that she would, she'd make that connection. And I just, in all honesty, my thought were, what a loser, <laughs> you know. Oh, that's, <laughs> it's often where we go first, right? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, there's other things. I mean, I've got a bit of, I'm a mountain biker, so I've got a bit of a group chat with, with a bunch of guys and, Oh, Sunday's my worst day for drink. I'd finish mountain biking. We'd go to a boozer. Then we, you know, I'd, I'd call it shop on the way home. And then I'd just carry on drinking all the way through. Uh, partner a bit work. And I'd be looking after my kid as well. You know, and I'm just knocking them back and knocking them back. Um, and this one particular day, I went to the shop to get some more beers. And I was doing like um, a video, you know, to the lads. And I was that drunk. And uh, one of the guys made a mashup video of it, of me the next day um only for a joke sort of thing yeah and I just looked i watched it when i sobered up the next morning and i just i was just so embarrassed in myself i just deleted it straight away and then it was a day after that i just I, I were in the kitchen i cracked a can and i just i looked at my daughter and i thought what am i doing i poured it away and i've never had a drink since <laughs> so wow. powerful it, stuff mate there's just so many re- there's so many reasons there's so many reasons but yeah yeah, they're the main ones. Yeah, so yeah, your daughter had that association that her dad was home because she heard the can of a beer open, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Even even now, I mean, when my partner takes her to the shop, she'll point at beers and say, "Daddy has beer." You know, <laughs> she still says it now. So, yeah, oh, well. she's just getting used to the new reality of it all, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and that's it, right? Like, so. You said about a rock bottom, and I, I think I spoke about someone on the podcast last week about this, is like we just get to decide what our rock bottoms are. There's this kind of conception in the world, or perception, sorry, in the world that rock bottom means that you have to be homeless, that, that guy who's, you know, drinking drug addled and yeah. whatever, right? Like that's, and that's, I, I think when we think like that, it provides a lot of comfort to people out there in the world. It becomes a reason as an excuse to justify their own behavior relationship with alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think choosing your own bottom is, well, it might not feel great, but it's like, you don't have to wait for something shit or dire to happen in order for you to change your relationship with alcohol. Like there could be something as, you know, like your daughter saying daddy's home. Or for me, it was just like, I woke up on the sofa hungover and I'd done it so many times before, but this time felt different, right? Just because 
it's about making that decision. And I want to talk to you about decisions, but we'll, I'll wait for a little bit longer. So what or when did you start listening to the podcast then? Um, I was pretty much a day one listener, to be honest. Um, I'd say this, this happened over a particular weekend. And then I, on the Tuesday, I went back to work. And I, I, it's a bit hard to say this, but I sat in my truck first thing at work, like three o'clock in the morning. Cried my eyes out, literally just cried my eyes out. Like, mm. what am I doing with my life here? You know, got to step it up a bit. Um, and then I went on Spotify because I like, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts being a lorry drivers, podcast, podcast, you know, you get fed up with the same music. Um, and I just typed in alcoholism, I think, on, on, on Spotify. And yours was one of the first ones that came up. And I, I had a look at one or two. And the same as I said, yours kind of stood out to me. Um, particularly well, as soon as I started listening straight away I knew like because you told your story in episode one sort and I mm. thought wow I'm resonating with this I can connect with this this guy was um, this is similar to me you know he was similar to me so yeah but that was almost eight months ago now so 237 days today not that I'm counting <laughs> yeah oh mate that's amazing man 237 days i like it it's incredible isn't it because even 238 days ago you didn't even know that this was even going to be possible for yourself i i you know sometimes i i think back and i'm kind of i can't believe i've done it i was i was that much into drink um i can't believe i've stopped i mean even when i first stopped i were I knew, I knew what point I was at. I, I knew I was so fed up with drinking. I was so fed up with feeling how I felt. and fed up with life. I was depressed, anxious. All, all the cliches of drinking. Um, yeah. And, but I never envisaged I'd ever get this far. I mean, my first goal was to get to 55 days. We were going on holiday to Wales. And I said, right, I'm going to stop drinking until we go to Wales. Um, yeah. And then when we get to Wales, I'll, you know, I'll see how I feel. And then... We, we got to Wales and I was like, I just don't want to drink anymore. You know, and looking back now, I, I've just, I can't ever see myself drinking. I really feel like I broke his bag. So, yeah. Nice. I think that's so often the way, mate, is that, you know, and I love what you did there. You just set yourself a mini goal almost. You're like, well, I know alcohol is not for me. I've had enough of it. Let's just see what happens effectively mm. so you got to that 55 days and then you made that decision like i've had enough and I, I, the same for me man i think like after about three months i was like why would i go back why would i go back so what was it in the podcast that you think was able to help you on this journey um for me it was the it was the way that uh you put the facts across about drinking about why i'm drinking why I can't stop drinking, the unconscious mind, and, and that kind of thing. And I think if if I'd have gone through and I'd, if I'd have gone through this process, I said, right, I'm stopping drinking. That's it. I'm not going to drink ever again. I think I don't think I'd be in this position now. But the the fact that I've learned about why we drink, um, you know, and what keeps us drinking, and and even down to the uh, the the health issues. And I mean, I had no idea that alcohol had ethanol. In, you know, um, I'm looking into that. I'm an asthmatic. Uh, and I used to wake up after every night drinking next day and I couldn't breathe and it's mm. the ethanol vapors affecting my lungs and I had no idea yeah <laughs> um, so it, it's the, the way that you put the facts across 
Um, I love hearing about other people's stories and a lot of podcasts, other people's podcasts, you know, it's get people on like we are now and having a chat about stories. Great. It's inspiring. But I needed to know the facts of why I was doing it. Mm. So, yeah, that, and that's that's where your podcast came in, really. And that's why I kind of stuck with it. Nice. Yeah. And I think it's such an important part of this journey is like educating yourself or uneducating yourself. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because, you know, we just have so much bullshit thinking around alcohol and why we need it and what it's good for. And there's so much fear around not having alcohol. But, you know, yeah, when we really get is. to those. Yeah, there is. And when we get to those core facts of like what what alcohol truly is, then you start to make some de- different decisions based upon this new knowledge that you've got for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I were your typical binge drinker. I'm making every excuse on the sun to keep drinking. All, all the typical ones. Um, it tastes nice. You know, I drink to relax, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and and like I said, it was the it was it was the educating part and learning that helped me get past that because I mean it's a it's a hard stage that you know when you really you've had a shit day at work and you come in you want you just want to crack a beer, you know that's that's a hard thing to get past as, as a working man that's got a family and everything and at that point that you, your easiest thing is to go and crack a beer and relax you know um, so to to educate yourself no this is going to pass this is why I'm thinking this way. This is why I'm craving this beer, you know, just, and you, you said something else in your podcast. Um, you've got to be prepared to be uncomfortable. Mm. And that stuck with me through, uh, even through mountain bike races, that, that little phrase has stuck with me. And that is one of the things that got me through. So I finished work. I want a beer. No, you've got to be prepared to be uncomfortable. You know, let's do something else sort of thing. And yeah, that's, that's, that's what got me through. Yeah, because it's such a tripping block for a lot of people is thinking, well, I've I've decided I'm going to stop now, but it feels really uncomfortable. This isn't it's not supposed to be like this. Yeah. (laughs) So, of course, it just brings up lots of resistance. And then, of course, well, not of course, but often more often than not, you know, we find ourselves slipping back into those old ways of being those habits. So what have you done or what have you noticed different since you've you've stopped drinking, Andy? sleep <laughs> the sleep the sleep is next level um nice say being a lorry driver i don't get a lot of sleep anyway it's long hours and early mornings so i wake up now for lorry you know to go lorry a day lorry driving um a long a long drive somewhere and uh, as i'm driving to work I'm, I'm tired and i always think to myself how did i even get out of bed you know <laughs> how did i get out of bed but um yeah, that, that is the main benefit, but it's everything. I mean, I used to, I never thought I suffered from anxiety. But looking back now, I, I perhaps did to a certain extent. Um, one of the reasons were I always thought my partner was cheating on me. Mm. Um, because I thought, I mean, I knew I needed to stop drinking, like I said. So, but I carry on drinking. And I mean, my partner would say, I hate you when you drink. You're horrible when you drink. I mean, I was a typical Jekyll and Hyde, nice guy have a drink complete arsehole um and yes yeah, you say and she'd go out of the way so on a sunday on a sunday night on a weekend night or whatever i'd sit downstairs a bit i've been drinking playing card you know little little ones in bed sort of thing and my partner she'd just go out away and i'd sit downstairs and i think i wonder if she's texting someone she can't she's telling me she hates me you know she she can't love me and, you know 
I wouldn't surely there's going to be someone that sneaks in and you know takes her away and and all this was running through my head and and since stopping drinking all that stopped you know and the the alcohol when you when you drink it fuels everything it makes everything worse mm. it blows everything up it's like uh, throwing fuel on a fire you know um so every little emotion you get it's sort of it's exaggerated by alcohol um yeah but yeah i mean see since stopping it, it's it's just like you can see so clearly. You know, it's like in HD, you can think better. You know, it's just such a better feeling. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's uh, oh, and weight loss as well. The weight loss, I've lost a stone without even trying. Oh mate, that's incredible. Without even trying, I've lost a stone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the beauty is, is like this. It's the same, exactly the same process for like your weight as well or anybody's weight right like it's it's we have all these beliefs around food we have all these beliefs and we eat to comfort a lot of the time you know and we just live in this society there's just so much abundance of food but lots of crap food so it's the same thing right it's like okay yeah i feel hungry i'm just going to let myself be uncomfortable i know i'm not going to die if i don't eat right now yeah absolutely yeah yeah so uh, yeah i like what you're saying there around you know fuel on the fire so it does bring up a lot of stuff like your insecurities your anxieties like you know it heightens them and but it, it heightens them and they become even more illogical then you start trying to find evidence to prove them true for you <clears throat> not realizing that you're the one actually creating it anyway yeah, yeah um yeah. that that thing on anxiety as well is you know again i had a guy on a couple of weeks ago kevin baker we were talking about social anxiety and even now right like i'm coming up three years and i'm still noticing where anxiety shows up in my life yeah because we all have it and it's just realizing that wow alcohol really was covering up a lot of shit in my life that i was just totally unaware of yeah yeah i mean that's exactly that's exactly how it is for me alcohol was covering a lot up and you, you kind of the thing is as well you kind of turn a blind eye to what it is covering up. i mean i knew a lot of what i was covering up i mean I, like i said I, I never i don't i don't think i'm a i suffer from anxiety i'm not an anxious person i'm not a depressed mm. person as such but alcohol certainly made me that way so it's i guess it's, it's kind of a side effect isn't it like you you drink to, yeah absolutely absolutely i mean you you kind of drink to forget things and then, or, or you know, or, or to get yourself through <laughs> sticky situations or for whatever your reasons are. And then you end up causing yourself more issues by uh, making yourself more depressed. Like I say, I wouldn't say I'm a depressed person, but I'm moping around constantly. I mean, my partner says, you're a breath of fresh, fresh air now. You know, I've got a positive mindset. Just, just feel better in general. Just feel better in general. Yeah. Yeah, love it, man. So what have you been doing since? Because I know I, I see on Instagram you set up something in your mountain biking community, right? Yeah. So in my opinion, there is a drinking culture surrounding mountain biking. I mean, that's not the reason. I don't drink because of mountain biking, and there's plenty of people that don't drink in mountain biking. But yeah. like I say, we, we'd, we'd go uh, ride, could go and have a morning ride in, Afternoon comes straight to Boozer, going up four or five pints, whatever, drive home, you know, unbelievable. Um, 
and then you carry on drinking. But I'm like even on my Instagram. So I've got a, I've got an Instagram project Enduro, and um, that I created that really just about being a better person, you know, around mountain biking as well. But mm-hmm. uh, on there, you know, you look at people's stories. You know, it's all beer, 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 beer. Yeah, particularly the guys. It's all, like I said, it's all beer, and there's this there's this culture of drinking around mountain biking. Um, and I guess I just felt like, well, I, st- I started, start from the beginning. I started by uh, putting my story out more for accountability. I thought, well, you've put your story out there and you've helped someone because you've helped me. So mm-hmm. if I put my story out there to fellow mountain bikers, then I might help other people as well. You know, just I put, I put it out there to help people and for, for my own accountability and also to document it, kind of. Um, like I, I forgot a lot of how it felt to uh, to initially stop drinking because I, I feel like I'm that far away from that person now in just you know in eight short months I'm that far away from being that person I forgot how it feels to stop drinking so I'm glad I documented it because just to do this podcast I've, I've gone back I agreed to do it and then I thought oh I can't actually remember how I felt I can't remember you know and then <laughs> I've gone back and I've read. Uh, you know, read my past posts and I'm like, oh, yeah, I can remember feeling like that and I can remember this and I can remember how that felt and I can remember that struggle. Um, but, yeah, so I got a lot of feedback from from other people, uh, some people who were already drinking, some people said you've inspired me to stop drinking, quite a lot of DMs um, coming in and just saying, you know, keep going, Lo- loads and loads of positive feedback, fantastic, really kept me going as well. Um, and I thought that community part of it really helping me and maybe I'm helping others. Uh, so I created the Sober Mountain Biking Society just on Facebook, Great. private group, um, search it and find it, um, and just apply to join sort of thing. But then once you're in, nobody can see it. Uh, and we've recently just had a group ride in Wales where a few of us got together. Oh, amazing, man. Yeah, yeah, we met... Um, Unfortunately, it was a bit um, small numbers. We had we had a few we had a few um, that was going to turn up, but we had the storm Arwen. Arwen was it Arwen? And it's just literally destroyed forests everywhere. So we were kind of struggling to uh, find somewhere to ride. Luckily, yeah. we went to Landegler in Wales, and um, I mean there are only three of us turn up in the end, but it's a start. You know, we met a guy called Gavin there who. Uh, He's been sober a couple of years and we cha- we exchanged stories and my friend Sean come. Um, he's dabbling with being sober. Um, because it's not just about being sober, you know, it's I want people who are thinking about being sober to to come in as well, you know, and ask. I, I'm not qualified really to help anybody, but I can give people friendly advice and share my story on, on how I stop. So, and like I said, I find that helps for me, so... Uh, I'd say that's qualified, mate. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe so. Yeah, you can't, you can't beat your own. No one can argue with your own experience, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose you're right. Yeah, oh, amazing, man. So, yeah, not only 237 days sober, but you've started up a whole community for mountain bikers and just bringing that consciousness to everything. I, I've also been thinking about this recently and just kind of nudged my thinking from what you said about people DMing you. Is I'm noticing 
I, I think I kind of had like the blinkers on a little bit in terms of like people's reaction to stopping drinking. But I'm actually noticing that there's a far more positive reaction to people making a decision not to drink than there is the other way now. Has that been your experience? Um, yes and no. Uh, so my, my um, when I first decided I was going to stop drinking, my, my sort of like immediate friends, riding buddies, they were like, yeah, 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 whatever, mate. You know, yeah. um, we've, heard, we've heard this before. You've been, how long are you going to stop for? Till weekend, you know, that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> Banter. But, yeah. And, and I still get it now. I still get it now. You know, uh, I said, you know, a couple of guys, oh, we're doing this sober mind bike ride, blah, blah, blah. Oh, you're good to booze are after, you know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. So, yes, yeah, I, I still get it now. Um, but they do, they do understand why I've stopped. You know, I think in their hearts, people do understand why I've stopped. And uh, I do think, Perceptions are changing. Um, mm. It's a different society now, isn't it? I mean, when my dad was, all, all we did was go to the pub Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, you, you know. But there's there's more to society now. It's uh, we're we're evolving, and um, I think people are understanding that alcohol does hold you back in a, in a lot of fields in life. Um, so yeah, I mean, even like smoking as well. That's becoming like cultural culturally unacceptable. Um, mm. and, I, and I think alcohol is going to follow that same that, that same route eventually. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's got a, a bit of a way to go. But for yeah, sure, absolutely. Man, yeah, definitely. When got people a way start to go. waking up to the realities of it. I just it's inevitable, isn't it? And it, Yeah, <laughs> just that whole idea of when I was growing up, I remember my dad, you know, we'd be sat outside a moon's pub because we weren't allowed in during on, on a weekend in the yeah. Weatherspoons pubs in the UK. So that, yeah. that, that was just the culture, right? Or just were just being dragged around wherever there was a drink. So what's next, mate? Like, where do you see this going for yourself? Like, what do you want to do with your newfound sobriety? Um, what's next? It's just become such a normality. Yeah, to be honest. But one thing it has given me being sober, like I said, it's a different mindset. I feel more positive about life. Um, I'm not particularly keen on lorry driving, and I just almost feel like I'm stuck in a rut. And I've always felt like I'm stuck in a rut. But since I've been um, since I've been sober, I've kind of it's changed. I've got a mindset shift. Like this mm. doesn't have to be forever. You know, you can yeah. you can get out of this. You can do something different. And and that that's come from being sober. Um, but yeah, I, I can't. I, I mean, I'm, I'm eight months in, and I mean, people do relapse after eight months. But I feel like I can't believe how good it feels to be sober. Um, everything the the experts say is is absolutely true. So I mean, I can't, I can't ever see a relapse coming. It's just such a better way of life. It's it's insane how much different it is. Um. So yeah, where I mean, where does it take me? It's a difficult question, though, because I, I well, don't really I think you're giving me an answer, man. It, it you just it opens up new opportunities, Absolutely. opportunities that weren't there before, right? So you don't even have to know exactly where it's going to take you. Just know that life doesn't have to be the same. Yeah, I mean, even with the sober mountain biking thing, um, when I thought about it before, I thought, can I get a festival? You know, can I get a festival with um, where we all get together, I don't know, ride a bike park? Uh, 
you know, get tents, everybody's camping. Um, we might have a few different people who like offer alcohol alternatives or um, I know there's a company called Athletic Brewing. I mean, zero percent alcohols aren't really my thing. I'd rather not. Um, but if that gets people sober, then, you know, if that's their, their, their way to go, then that's fine. So, you know, we'll get people coming and supporting the cause. I mean, I notice on, on, on football matches and things like that now, Heineken zero zero and things yeah. behind behind the players doing interviews. So that's being pushed. And I just think, well, I can push it a little bit in mountain biking. Um, but I think there's a still a bit of a stigma behind uh, like drinking alcohol free beers and things like that. Uh, but yeah, if I could push something along that lines, I'd, I'd really feel like, you know, it would be helping people as well, particularly people who, don't know how to get into being sober or are, are a little bit scared to take that plunge to finally stop because uh, I know in one of your podcasts you talk about the fear of missing out and that is a very real thing you know for some mm-hmm. people and so yeah if I could push something like that then we'll see what the next few years brings nice so just on that point of fears like what what fears do you think you've had to overcome on this journey for yourself right so you said around being okay with being uncomfortable especially in the beginning at least um for me i'm quite a so like the fear of like my friends um yeah giving me a bit of shit that never really bothered me as such because i'm quite a strong person quite a strong-willed person i don't really care you know um, but i couldn't i can see how it can affect other people you know in that way a bit of peer pressure and things like if I say I'm not drinking, I'm not drinking, and lads can say, you know, go oh, come on, Andy, come on, get one down you That I'm still not bothered because I'm quite a strong-willed person. Um, but even I, I just when I first stopped drinking, you don't know what your life's going to be like. You know what is life going to be like as a sober person? Um, you know where is it going to take me? How am I going to cope with things? Um, like my life was cracking a beer. Everything. Um, going out for you know, into the Peak Districts and having a walk with my partner, he'd finished bag, went to the pub. Do you want to go out some lunch? Straight to the pub. You know, we went we went to Nairsborough yesterday just for a little walk around and, you know, love the little quaint place. And normally we'd go to the pub, <laughs> you know. So it's like, I guess it's how do you deal with that kind of situation? The truth is it's no different. It's no, you just make a different choice. And instead of getting a bit pissed, you you're present and it's clear and you can enjoy your day yeah that's how i see it yeah nice man yes lovely words and you know you can still go to the pub (laughs) and like this is this is you know like stopping drinking doesn't mean your life has to stop doesn't mean you can't go out to pubs to restaurants to whatever man like you can still even go out clubbing i've got a guy in my facebook community who said uh, like that's just been massive for him learning that he can go out and dance and have as much fun sober than he could if he was drinking and i think in the uk as well right we've especially we've got a lot of uh like sober raves or sober club nights that we do over here as well and they're like massively popular especially in london i know for sure so life doesn't have to stop you know i'm more than happy having a lime and soda me down the pub these days you know (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, um, I think I've replaced alcohol with ginger beer. <laughs> I like a ginger beer. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, I mean, I've, I've been out to the pub 
been out after mountain biking and I just make a different choice. You know, that that's all. And the reality is it's no different. I mean, people might say to me, oh, Andy, you're not as fun. Um, or, you know, but I'm me. That's me. So when, exactly. I'm, when, I'm, when I'm drinking, that's not me. That's somebody else. And everyone says, um, I'll speak to a guy about sobriety the other day. He's like, oh, you know, I have a few beers for a few, a few looseners, you know, to loosen me up. I said, that's not loosening you. That's changing you. That's yeah. changing. Because you're making decisions there that you wouldn't make as a sober person. Um, so that's, that's not loosening you. That's changing. You. Um, so, yeah, I guess, um, I mean, went out for my friend's birthday. Uh, and it, I still had a great time. Everybody else had a great time. I just didn't have a beer in my hand and I wasn't a prick. <laughs> exactly. And you, went home and you, you went home and woke up completely guilt-free, conscience-free and just did what you wanted to do the next day. Uh, yeah, and I woke up the next day when I went, I woke, I went to walk with my little girl. Yeah, no mash-up videos waiting for you. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's, um, it's no different, really. If you just gotta be a, you've just got to take that plunge and the only way you'll really see that it's no different to try it yourself for a sustained period as well yeah i think that's and and i loved what you said around that goal and i mentioned it earlier but i think just even just for your brain just to kind of like catch up with this idea that okay so we don't have to stop drinking forever because when we do that it can cause a lot of deprivation you know like that fear of missing out all starts coming up and of course that just creates feelings that we emotions that we want to get away from so by just having like a container of how long you want to try it for and then reevaluating, right? Because then when you get to that new point, say 55 days, your decision-making process is going to feel so much different anyway. So just before we wrap up, like, is there any other advice that you'd like to offer any of the guys out there listening today? Um, I, th- I think the advice um, would be from my personal experience, educate yourself about why you're doing it. If you really, if you really want to stop, and I think, I think the important thing, thing is you have got to really want to stop i've stopped so many times i've done uh, sober october and and everything yeah. i i think you've really got to want to stop um but once you have decided that you do want to stop um then just educate yourself look into why you are drinking um rather than just put that pressure on yourself say right i'm never drinking ever again you know set yourself small little goals like i did i mean it was only a couple of months ago people say oh, do you think you'll ever drink again i'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because I knew in my heart of hearts I was never going to drink again, but I didn't want to say it because I don't want to put that pressure on myself. Now, I, like, I know I will never, I, I won't. That's it. It's done. It, I, I've seen a way of life that is so much better. So, um, but yeah, just don't put pressure on yourself and uh, trust what people are saying as well. Like I say, I've read books, I've listened to podcasts and all these sober guys saying, oh, you know, it's amazing. It's, you know, you see things clearly, you, you feel better. It's better for your emotions, everything. And trust them because it truly is, you know, and, and, I, and I was a bit like, I'm a real cynic. I'm a real cynic and I'm a, oh, whatever. But it, <laughs> it really is as good as people say being sober. If you stick with it, if you stick with it. I mean, people talk about the three months, the magic three months. And I was around that time myself where, I got to three months and I, and I got that spring in my step. I felt that good. Um, so, yeah, if you can get to three months, I think that you'll start seeing things in a different way. and You'll start understanding uh, 
you'll, you'll start understanding the difference between your drinking self and your sober self. Um, so, so yeah, educate yourself and give yourself a, give yourself a chance at it. Give it a sustained go. Yeah. Wicked top advice there. Top advice. All right, Andy, one final question that I like to ask my guests when they come on. Uh, what does it mean to be radically human? Right, I've not done too much preparing for this because uh, I've been thinking about it so much. Um, I've even thought, I've even, <laughs> when I listened to your podcast before, I've even thought, what would I answer to that question? Ah, radical human. Um, so for me, radical human, I know everybody interprets this in a different way. Uh, yeah. The ability, it's a couple, a couple of answers to this, but the ability to evolve and to change yourself. Mm. Um, because as humans, that's all we've ever done up until now, evolve. And, and, and kind of like in terms of the drinking, if you can ch- look at that, change yourself and evolve, you're evolving into a better person. Um, so there's that part of it. And then also um, for me, radical human is you sort of, you get one life. Um, and so when I, one analogy, when I go mountain biking, and I go to the Lake District and I get to the bottom of a mountain, I get to, and then I push myself to and sometimes past my limits to get to the top. I stand out and I look at a sunrise or a sunset and that for me is living. That for me is being human. Um, and then you blast back down on your bike, you know, that adrenaline rush and those feelings <laughs> and emotions, that yeah. for me, if you can live those feelings and emotions, that for me is being radically human. Wicked. Yeah, so good, mate. So good. All right, Andy, just want to say thank you for coming on today, man. Uh, appreciate your raw, honest, vulnerable, you know, sharing of what has happened for you. Because like we said right at the beginning of this program, right, or this podcast even, that we're all very similar. <laughs> we don't yeah. have to isolate ourselves. We don't have to think that, we, like my coach shared this idea, of like being terminally, terminally unique, right? Like we're not on our own. We're not the only guys out there who are having these kind of thought processes around alcohol in our lives and stuff so let's all do it together all right thanks again andy take care everybody all right bye-bye if you want to find out more about working with me and seeing how i can help you stop drinking and start showing up in life the way that you really want visit patrickjfox.com to find out more or book a free consultation using the link in the show notes Until next time, take care.